tens of millions of families with Alzheimer's disease and dementia all over the world, including our family. We are Alls in the Fam. I'm Alan Fair. And I'm Polly Fair Noise. We're siblings, we are parents, but we're also caregivers. This is our podcast. This is our support group. Welcome to our family. Alzheimer's sucks, but this family lives, laughs, and learns as we fight for a cure. Welcome. Hey, everyone. Hi. Welcome to All's in the Fam. Today, we're going to talk about caregivers. Four of us are caregivers giving advice to other caregivers. Polly, what do you want to say about it? Yeah, so my favorite piece of caregiving advice is to use music to change the mood. I think a lot of people with Alzheimer's, everyone gets frustrated or angry, confused. And for me, what I found really helps with my mom is or our mom is always having a playlist available. I've set up a playlist on Spotify of songs she loves. I know others have just a favorite radio station. And, um, you know, mom gets really upset and worried sometimes and wants to go home by herself and doesn't understand. And I can put on some songs um, and she just, it takes, you know, a minute or two, but it really, it changes her mood makes her feel good because she interestingly remembers the words to all the songs. Um, so that's kind of fun to see as well. And we share that together. It helps me too. Helps my mood. Um, kind of a proven technique too. You read so much about that, the relationship of music and memory. And there's all these wonderful studies being done by a lot of reputable institutions on it. I see a lot in my uh, father-in-law as well as our mom. If um the mood is a little dour. We can just have Alexa play some Frank Sinatra. And if we're enthusiastic about it, it changes the mood right away. Yeah. Thank God for that. I mean, cause it's yeah, such an yeah. easy one. It is. And I, I wanted some to point out, I found this great Neil study. Diamond. Neil Diamond. Yeah. Neil yeah. Diamond. It's got, uh, I was going to yeah. say when I get old and have Alzheimer's, which I probably will, but hopefully not, they're going to have to play Neil Diamond for me too. Cause I grew up on it and now I listen to it all the time still, especially yeah. with mom. Yeah. Um, it's fun for me. I play songs that I remember mom singing in the car with me. So yeah. she, uh, there's a Nancy Sinatra song. These boots are made for walking. It's pretty famous. And yeah. uh, she loves that song, puts her in a good mood every time. So me too. Anyway, I did want to point out, I found this study, an NIH study where they looked at um, using music with in people with Alzheimer's and in their conclusion, and we'll post the study on our um, show notes, that um, music can be considered less harm- harmful than pharmacological interventions to improve cognitive function, mood, and quality of life in Alzheimer's patients, which is great because who wants to give them a tranquilizer or something like that when you could just play some good music? Absolutely. Music is a great one. How about you, Bonnie? What's a caregiver tip that you want to share? So uh, I think there's a couple things that are super important. One is, of course, having your own support group in your family and your immediate family. And and we're lucky enough to have each other as well so that, you know, we're not feeling like we're all alone or feeling guilty or anything like that, having somebody to de-stress with. And then the other thing that I wanted to talk about is um, having activities that are 
uh, progression and having something where your loved one can feel useful. So I know when we were at my house, um, when my mom would be standing around, she wouldn't necessarily understand what was going on, even if it was just for a short period of time. So we would give her an activity like she loved to sweep my front porch. It made her be outside. It had a start and a finish. And she felt very useful. She liked to be outside. And it kind of gave me a little bit of a break, even if it was just a 10-minute activity where I knew that she was safe and doing something and felt really good about it. So it's much easier when there's a progression. So I'm gonna, if you contrast that to like when we take her to get food, sometimes because elapsed time is an issue, even when you sit down, they don't, she didn't remember that we had just sat down and hadn't ordered and would start to be uncomfortable thinking we had been there for a long time or, but when you can kind of see the progression, now it's dirty, I can clean it, I can clean it, I can clean it. It gives you a little bit of a break and makes her feel happy and useful. It's great all around. I, Bonnie, I had a similar thing. I used to, after I learned that from you, I would put a Swiffer cloth on my, um, on the little Swiffer thing and she would Swiffer my floors for me and our main floor is kind of makes a circle and she would just go around in a circle and, you know, she liked to help, which is, and be useful. So great tip. It, I, I haven't, I realized that I haven't been in a restaurant with mom in probably a couple of years, but, but it, I had forgotten about the anxiety of being in a restaurant with her because she is, she's constantly annoyed at the service, even though the service isn't necessarily bad. Right. She just doesn't have elapsed time is one of the first things that starts to deteriorate. So they don't have that idea of progression. That's why doing nails versus getting hair is so much easier because you can, it's a process that has a start and a finish. And at any time you can see where you are and she knows what she's supposed to be doing in the moment and being in the car. Another one is being in the car. She knows that she might not remember where she's going, but she knows she's supposed to be sitting there listening to the radio and singing. <laughs> I wonder if that is some early sign of being predisposed to Alzheimer's because I personally love the type of cleaning where you get the instant gratification of, you see like popcorn crumbs on the carpet from the kids, the satisfaction of just one swipe of the vacuum and it, and it's gone. I love that. Or taking oh, God. a, a Come on over, please. I just <laughs> Christmas decorations up. We've got a lot of needles that you could come over and clean up for me. Yeah, that's great. Or um, or a Clorox wipe on a on a counter where you can see the the grease on it makes it go away. That's that's good <laughs> that's stuff. Excellent. That's my kind of thing. I think that's our background as makers. You know, our evolutionary thing of wanting to be able to do something with our hands that has a result that you can see yeah. versus emails and texts and stuff like that so you know works in that I back to crocheting know. bonnie oh i i i am actually i've made oh. a couple hats and um yeah it's winter i always hibernate by making a few scarves and hats that's but that's the most i can do anymore <laughs> i always say i want to learn to do that before i get old so that i'll have something like that to do if i can remember how to do it it's hard to see I'm constantly in these workshops where, you know, you have to, you go around and do these icebreakers, things like, what's your spirit animal? Next time I do that, I'm going to say that my spirit animal is the Roomba <laughs> or, or if I could come back as an animal, <laughs> what would I be? I'm going to be the, the autonomous vacuum cleaner. My puppy's pretty good. 
They're cleaning up right now too. I think he ingested a lot of those needles today. Mm. Um, well, back to tips for caregivers. Um, <laughs> what we've learned. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to one about. Um, it, it can be difficult to get a person with dementia to take a shower or bath to get cleaned up. They don't want to. And one thing I learned is if you make it more like a luxury spa experience for them, it can really help. So um, I think it's hard often for people with dementia to tell you why they don't want to do something. They can't say, well, it's cold and I'm cold or I'm afraid or anything like that. So, you know, what we would do, what I did was turn the heater on in the bathroom, get it really warm then start the shower so it gets kind of steamy and warm and towels, everything, have everything in there. And a nice a therapist who works with old people recommended like have a really fluffy, soft bathrobe. And so that really worked for mom. We had lotions that she really smelled like coconut, her favorite thing. So um, that can make it a little easier. Um, it's not perfectly easy. There's also the risk of falls and all that you have to be concerned about, but you know, make it a spa experience. That's, that's mine. If we're staying on the bath, I also want to say, I also sometimes used what I call the assumptive clothes, which is, I would tell her, oh, mom, you wanted me to remind you that you wanted to take your shower here tonight, and I have everything ready for it. Um, come and see the towels right here. Here's your makeup. Here's your things. I've turned the water on for you, because remember, we're going out tomorrow. So kind of building on that is the idea that she's already agreed. And um, this is something that was her idea and that she wanted to do. I, I think you also provided her with a handsome man named Juan as well, right, Bonnie? <laughs> That's right. I like to leave handsome men around to give us back rubs. Sure. I'm sure she appreciated that. <laughs> um, How about you, Tracy? What's, what's a caregiver tip that you'd like to share? Well, we all come from a family who loves magazines and catalogs. Um, I remember fighting with Polly and Bonnie over looking at a catalog that would come in the mail. Um, and I remember Polly subscribed to 17 magazine and got very upset if anyone looked at it before her. Still feel uh, upset. <laughs> so anyway, one of my favorite things to do still with mom is to look at a magazine, um, people magazine and style magazine. Um, she's really into fashion and I can tell you that her taste has not changed a bit since she, uh, started with her Alzheimer's symptoms. She still loves the color yellow. She still will say when an outfit is, you know, tacky or too short or too tight. So I love to sit there and look at a magazine with her. And what's great is that if she is bored with one picture, which can happen quickly. If there isn't something that grabs her attention, you just turn the page and we're on to something new. Um, and along those lines, um, I like just browsing shops with her, uh, going into a clothing store, especially if we say we're shopping for my daughter, Chloe, she loves to look at clothing for her as do I. The only problem is that sometimes I'll see something that I like for myself and, um, she won't want to come into a dressing room and we have to make sure that she doesn't try to take an item because she now sometimes thinks that 
she can take things, which is so unlike her. And uh, I have found, though, the last time at least that I took her shopping near Polly's house, the shopkeepers were so nice and they recognized that, you know, something was going on and I really needed pants, actually. And I found a couple of pairs at this cute shop and I needed to try them on. And they were great about, you know, kind of keeping an eye on her. Letting her steal things and not <laughs> yeah, prosecuting exactly, her while exactly. you were yeah, well, I just I, um, said, like, let me know if, you know, she takes something and I'll make sure I get it back. So, um, so I want to go back and talk about the magazines a little bit because I did, I have two subscriptions that go to mom um, that I've had a couple of, uh, over the couple of years. And um, so when we were selecting, Tracy, you picked one of them, which is People Magazine. People Magazine has a lot of pictures it has famous people that are recognizable. And so it's enjoyable to look at, even if you're not gonna be able to understand the full story. And then I also got her the National Geographic magazine because that also has beautiful pictures and her particular interest has always been science. She has loved uh, science her entire life. She's a very smart woman and was very well read. So she can't read those in-depth articles necessarily or understand them, but the pictures and the headlines are very interesting to her. So, you know, picking something that was interesting to them, but is more simplistic um, in terms of lots of pictures or whatever, it seemed to have worked. Um, I, I, my mom, our mom doesn't like children's books. I'll put it that way. So going to that style with that kind of um, illustration isn't necessarily the best thing for her, but those magazines that look right in her mind, but have good pictures on it, keep her pretty happy. Good. Yeah. Good tips. Yeah. I remember when this time of year as a kid, when I wanted her to read Nightmare or um, it was the night before Christmas or something like that. And she would say, what do you want to read that crap for? Let's read the encyclopedia. I'm just kidding. That's, that's not a true story in, in any way. We um, did have a whole set of encyclopedias, though. I remember that. We did sure. uh, the pre-internet uh, pre era in the fair household. We were we were pretty well stacked. If you needed to learn about Napoleon, there was some large book in the house that you could right. reference for that. It's true. Uh, she always loved to read, for sure. Um, yeah, how uh, boy would she just be so fascinated by the science that's happening in the healthcare industry right now and the vaccine for COVID, for example. Uh, certainly that one, um, I suppose if she didn't have Alzheimer's, she wouldn't necessarily be tracking the, the research in that as well. But, um, when you think about how crazy the world is, um, some of the things happening in science in the field of healthcare is some of the, the most exciting things happening in the world right now, bringing, bringing hope. Um, yeah. so it's a shame that she can't be there to participate and enjoy in that I know that she'd really be into it yeah so she true. has always said that she wished she could go to the future because she's always been fascinated by advances in every category and in particular the brain was one of her favorite things I remember her talking about the hippocampus and the I don't even know which parts all the time she was pretty well read on that too in yeah space I remember her in space yeah yeah Carl yeah. Sagan Right. I, um, books. Yeah, she did. Um, 
you know, it's funny. I used to a few years ago, be able to put on like a good documentary for mom on Netflix or something. And she would enjoy that, but she really doesn't have um, Mm -hmm. the ability. Another tip I have is to, you know, play uh, something on TV that is diverting, but not upsetting, violent, or, you know, has too much sex because who wants to watch sexy shows with their children, including (laughs) your children who are especially when Juan's drawing that bath at Bonnie's house. Exactly. Get in the mood. Exactly. Um, But I found, I don't know if you guys know this, the Carol Burnett show, there's reruns of that on, um, I think it's Netflix or I don't know if it's Amazon Prime or Netflix, but those things are great. They're quick. They're, you know, there's no commercials when you're watching them that way. Um, And I understand for a, a lot of times a caregiver is a person the same age as, as the person living with dementia. So that could be, um, you know, um, Alan, your mother-in-law caring for your father-in-law. And a lot of times that generation doesn't really know how to set up the streaming service or do that. And um, I know that in my neighborhood, there are kids, and this may not work during COVID so well, but there are kids who are looking to get um, service hours for their for towards graduation, you have to have service and they will go and help seniors um, set things like that up. And so I think, or when you're visiting your loved ones, maybe not, not during COVID, but set that up so they can watch shows like that, add shows to their favorites that are appropriate. Like for us, the Carol Burnett show, but there's, there are others as well. We recently cut the cord with um, my in-laws that we had, so they had cable and then they switched the HDMI and they had Apple TV. And, you know, we had, we were managing these Netflix subscriptions and different things and suddenly it got too hard. And then, you know, when it wouldn't work walking them through. So, uh, one of the things we're doing this Christmas is just getting one of these all in one Roku TVs where we'll just add the apps to it. And it's all within the same feature and function and we'll get them the uh, network channels that they like just in the the app version. And we think that will simplify their life and ours dramatically. New technology is really a lot easier to manage. You plug one thing in and you can access, you know, three or four streaming services. Yeah. And I do think, um, you know, I said this about mom, we're lucky in that as mom used a cell phone for a long time. So she's had, and a remote. So she had some familiarity with both of those things and it's confusing, but she does have familiarity with it over the years and has not forgotten that it takes a remote to turn the TV on. I think, you know, that's going to, that's going to be the future for people as they get ill. Um, There are are also uh, senior friendly remotes. And so they don't have all the buttons on them. They all, we had one that came automatically with one of our TVs a long time ago. It only had on, off, and then the channel up and down. And so looking for things like that where it's, it's you know, and you can label then the buttons on, off, that kind of thing, so that it's very simple. I mean, we did, we did that at the beach so that people who came to stay at the condo couldn't learn how to use the remote, you know, because at that point you have to turn the box on and then you got to turn the TV on and it's got to be on input one and then it's got to be on channel three and then it's got to be on whatever it is. So 
simplifying that down, like you said, Alan, with the Roku and a simple remote will make things a lot easier and then they can be a little more efficient on their own. Roku should sponsor us. That's what we use. Um, I mean, yeah. that anything that simplifies it for the person who's the caregiver, because the person living with Alzheimer's or dementia is probably not going to be able to learn even something as simple as a new Roku, maybe in the early stages, but um, it's certainly easier than the older setups. Um, I wanted to move on, just move through a couple more tips real quick. Um, a lot of times a person living with uh, Alzheimer's like our mom wants to go home. Even if they're at home, they want to go home. What they really want is to go back to that place they were comfortable and they knew what to do and where everything was. And so I think it's easy as a caregiver, all of us have experienced this when we're with mom that she's constantly asking to go home. And you can say, no, we can't go home now. You live here now, or you're doing this now. That doesn't work. And so our, you know, my advice is redirect, um, tell them, you know what, fine. Can you go pack your bag then? Let them go pack up their bag or sure. Why don't we sit down and have something to eat before we go or get your coat on, get things ready, send them off. Maybe they'll forget rather than start a conflict with them. Um, another thing in a similar vein is, you know, people with dementia who are older often have lost relatives or friends. Um, and now with COVID, perhaps even more. When a person with uh, Alzheimer's is asking, well, I'm, in a, my, I'm fine. I want to see my friend, Joan, across the street, for instance. And Joan may have been dead, may have been many years, may have been recently. I've wondered when we would let mom, mom went to a funeral, actually remember uh, for Joan, her neighbor across the street didn't remember that Joan had died ever, probably still doesn't remember. And, um, you know, I just want to say, you don't ever have to tell them why every time you tell them again, oh, don't you remember Joan died? It's a fresh hell for them. It's a new experience. My God, my friend died. Um, so it's hard to lie to your mom or even your spouse, if that's the case or whoever. But I think, um, for caregivers out there, you need to know that you're doing what's best for them. You're saving them from some agony and despair. Worth um, noting is we had multiple neighbors named Joan. So if you're one of our listeners, um, we're not necessarily talking about your mom, Joan, or, or even to you, Joan. You're you're still alive. And thank you for listening to all of Good point. Yeah. Excellent point. That's right. We did have multiple neighbors named Joan. Must I think it was one of those name. names. That was like the yeah. uh, the Ashley of the, uh, the 40s, I guess. The Madison, yeah. yes. Yeah. Jen. Um, <laughs> Uh, so another one, you know, kind of obvious, keep doctor's appointments for yourself. If you're a caregiver, right. I mean, you got to take care of yourself. And I'm, I will say, I know probably all of us have been somewhat guilty of this. We get too busy taking our kids or our, someone else's doctor's appointments. We don't take care of ourselves. Don't do that. Take care of yourself. You're not going to be able to Bonnie, you, you've got something going on right now with that. I think, um, where a caregiver really needs to take care of themselves or else they're not going to be able to take care of anyone. Um, Absolutely. My in-laws are, are going through that right now and they really need to take care of each other and themselves so that they can continue to be independent. Right. And then finally, if, if your loved one has a 
a sudden change in their behavior or um, mood. So they're suddenly angry or doing something they're not, they don't normally do. And you have to think they're not always able to tell you what's wrong. Maybe they have a fever. You should check that out. Um, Maybe they have, in our case, it was that mom had a urinary tract infection. She had no symptoms except she was running away from, literally running away from me. She would go in my house. I would run to try and find her and she would see me coming and try and hide, which never happened if she didn't have a urinary tract infection. So um, again, pay attention to that. If it's a new troubling thing, um, dramatic, a dramatic change, you really have to think. Another thing that happens, mom used to really love to get together with the whole family, but we're a kind of a big boisterous bunch when it's the whole family. And mom, especially recently, has really started to withdraw from that a little bit. She'll go by herself. She'll sit there. And um, I think we've learned to kind of sit right next to her one-on-one and, and protect her for that, or even take her over to a separate room. So she it's too much. It's confusing for an older person. Well, and I, I, I found with mom, you know, when we were going to get together, the anticipation was still there. And so her helping me to get ready to prepare the meal and do that was a very nice afternoon for us. And then to slowly say hello to everyone and that kind of thing allowed us to have a nice day. And then she was would be ready to go home because the later night was too much and the number of people was too much. But that upfront prep work again was something that she understood and um, and enjoyed and anticipated in, in the way that she would have before. She could follow what was happening there and we could have a little simple conversation about what we were working on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, One other thing we've noticed is mom used to be, she might get tired at a big gathering and say, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm staying at Bonnie's house, say, I'm just going to go to sleep. Um, She can't really do that anymore now. She's a little bit afraid. And so Bonnie and I have had the experience of kind of laying down with her to get her to be able to fall asleep. Um, Something you might do with a toddler, maybe. Again, just a caregiving tip. Sometimes it's easier just to, to lay down with them to get them calmed down. Um, anyway. That's sweet. Uh, I didn't know you guys had done that. Yeah. That is sweet. Oh, well. It makes me feel slightly awkward to share my caregiver tip in light of that because that was so tender and sweet. But okay. my caregiver tip is that it's okay to be annoyed. <laughs> People with Alzheimer's and dementia are really, really annoying. And that's okay, right? Because sometimes feeling annoyed at a situation can come with guilt. And you certainly don't want to express your annoyance to the person with with the disease. But you do want to have a network and support group of people that you can blow off steam with on the annoying day-to-day stuff because they really are a big pain in the butt on Mm -hmm. a lot of the days, a lot of the times. And um, one of the ways in being gentle or taking time for yourself is having people that you can 
have those conversations with. And sometimes it's even fun to tell the stories through the lens of, you know, um, being unfiltered and how you tell that story. So give yourself time and space to blow off steam about the situation. Caregivers need a support group. There are formal caregiver support groups. Um, some of them are at, uh, based at like maybe a medical center or hospital. Some of them are based out of church groups, um, but it's worth looking into one. If you're a caregiver, you know, staying alone in this time of COVID with someone else, maybe you can do a, a Zoom caregiver support group. Makes all the difference. You learn more from them and it's other people that understand, of course you're frustrated. Of course you're right. burned out. Right? And it is not a reason to feel guilty or bad and nobody should be judging because it's hard. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, we might be telling tender stories and giving little tips, and but that's because it is a 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week act of love and, and kindness that is very frustrating, expensive, time-consuming, all-encompassing. So to have somebody who isn't going to try and say, oh, but they don't do it on purpose. I know it's still <laughs> annoying to be told that you, that you are wrinkled a hundred times a day <laughs> or to not be able to have, you know, five minutes to yourself and right. really five minutes isn't enough. You need an hour to yourself. Um, so yeah, as Alan said, you got to reach out to other people. And I, I would say, ask for help. Don't be the right. hero, brave person. I'm going to do it all by myself. Say, I can't do this. Somebody needs to help. If you have family or friends, someone, it, you got to do that. Um, also, I learned that there are these programs, they're called villages, and villages are neighborhood groups uh, meant for people over 55 or 65 in that range, and um, they're all over, you have no idea, but they will do things like just make a phone call to someone, maybe there's someone living alone with Alzheimer's and you've been constantly doing, being everything to them, they'll reach out and call them, or they'll go by and bring a meal, they'll take them out for a walk, they're not in every neighborhood, but um, I'll put a link to the one in in the DC metro area um, for people to look at. I've certainly I'm amazed at how many there are out there that I mean nobody's ever told me about them before. So I hope that any one of our listeners can find one in their neighborhood. Um, and I just want to sometimes there are people who in your own family who are the main caregiver to someone with dementia and, um, or, and, you know, an older loved one. And, uh, maybe they don't ask for help, but there are a few things you can do to help them. Some ways to reach out to them, like say, Hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Do you want me to get some stuff for mom? Um, you know, Bonnie and Tracy and I, and Alan to a certain extent did stuff like that. You know, what can I do to help? Um, can I, watch mom for you or dad so that you can go get your nails done or have 10 minutes alone. Um, I think we all need to pay attention to caregivers because being a caregiver is profoundly isolating and devastating um, to the person who's the caregiver. Yeah, Polly, yeah. I, I want to recognize how much of a role and just how instrumental you you've been for the family and i thank god but you i you really live 
yeah, your um, status as the oldest and, you know, leader among us in that. So thanks for all that you do for our mom. Oh. You know, yeah. I couldn't do it without you guys. Um, Alan, but that reminds me, you know, you were really uh, being a hero, doing all the stuff for dad when he was got sick, had a stroke and was living away. We had kind of been estranged from him, um, but you kept up the relationship. And but I, I want to point out you did a really smart thing when you kind of reached out when dad was it became apparent that he was going to probably need to move into a, a facility, um, couldn't really take care of himself. So I think that's a good example for other people. Alan reached out and said, does anyone want to go with me to see dad? I think we're going to move him in somewhere. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it, it just ladders up to asking for help when you yeah. need it is a, yep. is a good piece of advice. Yeah. Well, and as for a support group, um, I sure am grateful that the four of us have each other as our internal support group. And I know that all of you have strong friendships and others. So we're, we're very fortunate. And uh, for those that are not, keep listening to our podcast. We're all's in the fam. Nice to be with you. Thanks for listening to All's in the Fam. In the fight against Alzheimer's and dementia, we are all family. Find us at All's in the Fam on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and on our website, allsinthefampodcast.com. We appreciate you clicking that subscribe button on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast catcher may be. Alzheimer's sucks, but we are in it together. We are All's in the Family. Talk soon.